This episode of Atomic Geekdom is brought to you by PennantChase.com, the home of free baseball simulation leagues. Sign up today and join a variety of leagues featuring every player from the history of Major League Baseball. Thanks and enjoy the show. Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Uh, joining me this week, I would have told them to introduce themselves, but I forgot to, so <laughs> I'll introduce them. Uh, Jenny's with us today, as you just heard her laugh. Hello. And Tom. How do? How do indeed. Oh, uh, it's been a long week. It's only Wednesday. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not okay. over yet. Well, today is my Friday, so... Oh, suckers. Anyway, uh, so some busy stuff going on in the Atomic Geekdom world. Can't wait to announce any of the stuff that we got going on. I know Jenny's brimming with excitement. Yes, there is a lot. I don't even know where to start, but start something and I'll tell you. <laughs> we, we can start with her new microphone quality. Yay. Now I don't sound like I'm screaming. We hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, after you listen to this, I'm just like, hello! <laughs> I suppose we can announce some stuff. So, uh, some of the upcoming shows uh, we got in store for you guys. We're going to do another round of uh, listener paranormal stories. So you can start sending those in to theatomicgeekdom at gmail.com. Any weird ghost stories? Uh, if you've been abducted by aliens, we'd like to know about it. We'll keep your name out of it so nobody thinks you're, you're a complete nut, nut job. Maybe, maybe uh, if you if you've had breakfast with Bigfoot, whatever, any of these kinds of stories, send them in the atomic at Gmail dot com. We'll talk about it on that show. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Maybe and a if month. you've if you've had all the above, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you get extra VIP I'll status. S- if you can legitimately tell me a story with all of those that you've experienced, I will send you a T-shirt. Nice. But it's got to be legitimate. So I want like pictures and. Like if you've if you've traveled to another universe where the Beatles never broke up or died, uh, I want more than just a cassette tape. That's more like a mixtape mashup. You guys heard, ever heard that story? No. There's a guy with a website <laughs> that says he got he got knocked out while walking his dog, woke up in a in another universe where the Beatles never broke up, and stole a tape from this person who says he can travel between worlds, and it's a uh, like a a new version or like a like a. Beatles CD that came out in 2000 and it's just it's it's crazy there's a website and he's got the songs up there it's really really fake <laughs> but it's a fun story <laughs> so uh, I yeah. raise an eyebrow <laughs> yeah I remember getting knocked out and somebody told me Tupac died and then I heard like eight more albums I'm like what <laughs> Tupac didn't die yeah <laughs> that's not just Tupac <laughs> it's true yeah there's uh, anyway, so yeah, you can start sending those stories in. That'd be gun- That'd be fun. We're going to do a Game of Thrones season five preview, uh, Orphan Black season three preview. We're going to talk some movie remakes and reboots and how they're just destroying our lives. But not really. 
I, it, I don't know about destroying our lives, but it does make your lives a little more frustrating. It complicates <laughs> things. Sure does. <laughs> yeah. Not really. <laughs> um, we're going to talk time travel shows and movies. We're going to do a sports episode again because Tom is begging to do one about baseball. Yes. Uh, it's all about the Mariners. Spring training, baby. King Felix. Just saying. See, Jenny right. wants to be part of it now, too. See, both of you are in a warmer climate. I'm here stuck in the cold and snow. and It was 80 degrees today. I just want you to know that. I hate you. Wait, though. Did you see that my little neighbor city in Huntington Beach had what looked to be snow on Monday? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. It, we had a hellacious hailstorm on Monday that put like two inches of hell across Huntington Beach. I saw was Florida crazy. got snow too. Yeah, people were building snowman snowmen on the pier. <laughs> it was crazy. It was still like sixty eight degrees, but I hate you both. It looked cool. It was fifteen Anyways. today. Hey, it's better than zero. It's probably it zero. Is. True. It's probably zero right now. The sun is down. Way to silver lining that, Jenny. Good job. Maybe the stuff from Montana's heading your way because my dad said it got there. It got to like fifty today there. Yeah, and, next, like, last week he had, like, two feet of snow. <laughs> yeah, next week we're supposed to hit 40s. Well, it was 80 today, but this weekend it's supposed to be back down to the 40s here. Oh, no. Your whole city's going to shut down. No, that's when there's, like, snowflakes. <laughs> go better go get your bread and, bread and milk. All right, and that's weather. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> uh, What's our topic today? Today we're talking modern era comics. So the comics you buy today at the comic shop that have been coming out recently. Uh, there's a big big wave of independent books that are coming out that are really good. And you're, you're not typical superhero cape types comic books uh, that, are, that are prevalent now. You're not seeing just Superman books or X-Men books. You're seeing different kinds of comic books that aren't Archie. And it's a uh, it's it's just kind of growing the medium, I think. And you're seeing a lot of these shows become, or a lot of these comics become TV shows and movies and stuff like that. So I figured, why not take a chance, take the chance, and uh, talk about some of these newer modern era comics? We will start with the superhero comics and the changes that have kind of been going on in those worlds. Uh, 2011 is when DC brought up the New Fifty Two, where they kind of rebooted their universe. And started with fresh issues, number ones of all their books, started over. And it seems this summer, 2015, so it lasted four years, they're starting over again. Sort of. They're doing the whole multiversity thing, and worlds are combining and colliding, and it's crazy. Now, Tom, I know you haven't been keeping up too much with the New 52, just basically what I tell you. Right, basically. Um, I mean, if I find myself perusing through the bookstore and find myself a collection, I'll sit and read through it okay. just to try to catch up listen to him talking like he can read he just looks at the pictures ain't nothing wrong usually, with that usually there's like this the thing that'll pop up it'll scare me and then i'll flip <laughs> to the next page <laughs> way to go with it keep the bit yeah. alive i love it <laughs> <laughs> um but we'll we'll just talk dc for a minute uh batgirl uh, the new 52 Batgirl started off amazing with Gail Simone writing it. The art was awesome. I wish I could think of the artist right now, but I can't. Uh, but the but the writing was great. But then around issue 29 or 30, I think, maybe even a little later than that, they've changed the direction of the book. 
new writer, new artist. I don't mind the artwork so much, but now instead of being this strong female character, she's this college age kid and there's all this Twitter type stuff going on and Black Canary is there, but Black Canary is now the lead singer of a rock band. Uh, she's still Black Canary, but she's also the front woman of a band, which is is weird. But the book is in a completely different direction. Now, the Batgirl you know and love, Tom, was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. last time Indeed. we saw her as Oracle. Uh, she had surgery done. This experimental surgery was done, and now she can walk again. I'm cool with that. I don't know if you disagree. I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So she came, you know, she came back, started uh, fighting again, which I don't know how, how that's not a big red flag for people to realize that she's Batgirl, but whatever. Batgirl's missing, and all of a sudden, Barbara Gordon can walk again, and Batgirl's back. Hello. Well, man, is she walking like for real, or is she like still sitting in the chair? No, no. As Barbara Gordon. No, Barbara Gordon had the surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah, because her dad was there, and now we come to find out in this new cycle of, of books that she's got a chip in her head and <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It's stupid crazy. I'm really upset by it. Cause bat, you know, the bat family is my thing and they've really have gone out of their way to ruin Batgirl at this point. And I'm hoping they're not going to do the same thing to black canary because when these new books start in the spring, black canary gets her own book. And I must, and I think it's being written by the same person that's writing Batgirl and, so I guess we're going to have a lot of her doing rock concert stuff. Uh, a lot of changes in the Flash world, which I think you're aware of, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wally West is, is a little African-American child who hates the Flash to start off with. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with Yeah. Changes to those stories are okay with me. Uh, Oliver Queen in the Green Arrow books doesn't have the goatee anymore. Or yet. And they've actually created the Diggle character and the Felicity character from the show to be in the books now. Mm-hmm. Um, changes like Clark Kent and, and Lois Lane are not dating. Superman is with Wonder Woman. So there's been no relationship between Lois Lane and Clark Kent, which is, that's a big deal to me. Well, I mean, they, there's so much history there. Right, and I'm but not. Then you, super- <laughs> but then you can go back to the the mall rats reference and kind of see where this was going. <laughs> right, it was doomed to begin with. Well, yeah. Uh, so those are the kind of changes from from the the the, the new fifty two side. The bigger changes, and now they're going to be doing more changes. Uh, I think the Justice League is starting the Dark Side War or something like that. Which well, aren't aren't they dropping the new fifty two? Is just going to be the fifty two? I don't even know if the 52 is going to be a part of it, because I think it's or more just, than 52 books. Oh, okay. That's what the new 52 came from. There are 52 titles. Okay. Um, I think there's going to be more than that. I could be wrong. But I did write an article for the website, atomicgeekdom.com, where you can find all the new books and all the creative teams that are going with those books are all up there. Uh, and then you go to the Marvel side, where new 52s came out, Marvel did the Marvel Now uh, initiative, and then they're now they're, they're actually, you know, we talked about it before, wiping everything clean with Marvel coming up this summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bigger changes were like the books, like Hawkeye is not your ordinary superhero book. It's a very different book, and it's critically acclaimed. It's doing very well. And then Nick Spencer, who 
uh, is a co-creator of Morning Glories, which we'll talk about a little later, is doing Ant-Man now. And Ant-Man is similar to where it's not your typical superhero story. It's about a, a dad essentially trying to provide for his daughter. And he's kind of a deadbeat uh, as far as, you know, a job guy. He's, you know, he's a, he's a criminal. He's a thief. And he just so happens to also be a superhero. So it's a very good book. There's only two issues out so far, but I've enjoyed both issues. So it's a different take on superheroes, which is I think is cool. Hawkeye is the same way. It's uh, very, very different. It's kind of, if you think of like the Teen Titans Go cartoon, where you're not seeing them fight, you're seeing them in between fights. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is something a little bit similar. You're not seeing the big Avengers-like action. You're seeing his day-to-day stuff, which you'd think would be boring, but it's not. Well, so I read something where it was trying to say that the Marvel comic universe was trying to get closer to the Marvel movie slash TV universe with some of this stuff. Do you believe that? Some of it, yeah. Like, with the way they're rewriting. Like, I kind of figured that with the Captain America thing by making Falcon Captain America. Mm -hmm. Because there was all this talk about Chris Evans not being around anymore as far as in the Marvel movies. Right. Uh, so I thought maybe that was what they were doing is kind of get ahead of it in the comics. And then they did the, the female Thor and everybody's wondering, well, is that what they're going to do with the movies too? Is that going to follow suit? But the female Thor, I don't see it being permanent. They have, you know, they can always change it back because Thor didn't die. Whereas with Captain America in the books, Captain America is old. Right. I so. don't like the, the female Thor. I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> I don't mind I'm all it. about feminist, but I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't mind it. I'm, I've kept up with it pretty well. And I, the, the thing that's kind of keeping me going now is the mystery of who she is. Cause nobody knows who she is. And it looks like in the next issue, Thor is going to try to figure it out. Like the cover is all your famous Marvel female heroes. And so he's going to try to figure it out, but. It's an interesting. Well, that was another another thing I had read that they're going to come out with their own kind of like an, an Avengers, an all women Avengers was supposed to be coming out. Yeah, I forgot what they're calling it, but yeah, it's all female Avengers, which they've already done with X Men. The X Men book, just X Men alone, that's the title. Mm-hmm. X Men is just female X Men members. So like Jubilee, uh, Rachel Summers, and others. Storm, I can't remember the other ones. Yeah, it's Jubilee, Storm, Rogue, Kitty Pride, Rachel Gray, and Psylocke. No. <laughs> Rachel, uh, Rogue hasn't been in it yet, and neither has uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride's actually been more in more Guardians of the Galaxy books than anything because she's dating uh, Star Lord. What I'm reading is what I said. Well, well whatever. <laughs> I've actually damn bought the you, books. I have a Wikipedia. There's a new X Men book that came out today, so maybe that's the roster in that book. <laughs> the one you just said. Uh, maybe. Did um, you know Jubilee is a vampire now? Uh, I'm gonna take that as a no. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a sad no. Sad, sad no. She has been for a while. Like there was a couple well, books. They, there's a couple books okay. where. Uh, this is this is where my problems with some of the stuff. You try to do too much to change too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jubilee I mean, I, can a, under, I, I, I bet if I read it, it would probably be pretty cool. But just hearing it to me is like, uh. Jubilee was a weak character to begin with. 
she's a weak character that could have been progressed. Right. She's a weak character that I want to do cosplay as sometime, but besides <laughs> with the with the, the trench coat and yeah. sunglasses. Of course. Then you gotta make yourself look Asian. Yeah, that would be a difficult one. <laughs> I can't remember the cosplay I wanted to do, but it was super easy. Oh, uh, I'm I'm doing an incredibly easy one this year. I'm gonna go as a Ramona Flowers. Oh, nice. You gotta change your hair color every hour? No, I'm gonna get a wig and then just have my friend who is a hairstylist cut it to match. <laughs> there you go. Well there's there's a more modern comic book too that's not a superhero one we could talk about, Scott Pilgrim. Great movie. Oh yeah. Very well done movie. Um Plus they have Flash Gordon references, which count me in. Well, they have all kinds of references. <laughs> Zelda music, Final Fantasy. Hey, wait, it doesn't matter. It has Flash Gordon references. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we should we should get your, your take on what which uh, con did you go to this weekend? Uh the Comic Con X or the the Long Beach Comic Expo. Yeah, I've seen I saw all your pictures and I've seen a tons of other pictures of a lot of the same people you took pictures of. I know. Uh, all over the I got internet. early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do that at the end of the episode, maybe. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. Definitely worth the chat. Sweet. Yeah, there were some good pictures coming out of there. And a lot of people followed us on Instagram from that. Sweet. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Atomic Geekdom. Thank you, all our new followers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jubilee, she's a vampire. Uh, she's, yeah. Uh, that's X-Men. And that's really all I read from Marvel right now is X-Men. And like I said, I kept up with the the Lady Thor for right now. And I'm backlogged on all the Avengers books and mostly just reading X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, that's about it. So, okay. So that's the superhero side of it. Now we're going to kind of change gears where we have a lot to talk about where it's non-superhero type stuff. Uh, I'll let Jenny to start because I know she has a lot of books she wants to talk about, and she's been kind of quiet for most of this this episode so far. I've been absorbing my superhero knowledge. There you go. Oh, and and to go back to Marvel real quick, uh, a spoiler alert: Cyclops Scott Summers Scott Summers killed Professor Xavier. That jerk. <laughs> Now, now he says he was he was under well, they he was under the control of the Phoenix Force. So, but uh, they never let him forget it. He actually read that one day at the at the bookstore. You mean you looked at the pictures? Well, that yeah. And the, pop, the pop-outs didn't scare you. No, the Phoenix terrified me. <laughs> I had to sleep with the light on. As uh, <laughs> nice. All right, all right. So go ahead, Jenny. Take it away. I'm going to start with my favorite, Thief of Thieves. Do either of you guys read them? I've read the first two because you've instructed me to. I, I'm forcing you. Tom, you should pick it up too. It's, it's fun. It's, um, it's about Conrad. Conrad is a.k.a. Um, Redmond. Redmond's his thief name. But he's a professional thief, and he spends most of his life just stealing from other thieves. But we're talking... Big scores, like multi-million dollar scores. And the first, like, seven issues, I think, were basically about the FBI interrogation. Because he comes off that he's just um, kind of a, just an advisor to different people who collect art and such. But this one FBI agent is on to him. He's like, she's like, I know you're him. And he's like, 
no, I'm, I'm Conrad Paulson. I, I don't still, I'm, I'm an advisor. That's all I am. But he's totally Redmond. He totally steals everything. He's got this, uh, this totally almost like the girl with the dragon tattoo sidekick, Celia. Um, yeah, she's who, cool. She's like pierced, tattooed, just totally awesome. But it goes, it goes through a bunch of different arcs. I think 26 was the one that just came out last week. Um, that's the only complaint with them is it takes forever for them to come out. They'll go on like three or four months hiatus before the next one comes out, or they'll do it every monthly. So that's, there's no rhyme or reason. But every every issue, I kind of think I have it figured out. But then when I get to the next one, I'm like, oh, didn't really see that coming. Or you saw it coming, just not by that by that route. But it just turns out to be, on one side, a family story because he's got an ex-wife and a son and the son is a complete screw up. Like he wants to be as good as his dad. So he gets into crime and tries to be a thief, but he's not good at all. So a lot of the, the first half of the series has been trying to bail that stupid kid out of trouble. And then the wife hates him or the ex-wife hates him. Um, but then it's always, but he's madly in love with her. So he's always trying to figure that out. And then you still always have the FBI going and there's like, 50 different bad guys, but you always got to figure out which bad guy you're dealing with and did he actually pull off taking what he needed and what does he have up his sleeve? It's phenomenal. Like, it's one of my favorite ones just for the fact that it's kind of like a mystery, but you're just, you're rooting for him. He's he's not a good guy, but he's a likable guy. So uh, I highly recommend that one. Yeah, I read the first two issues and I enjoyed it. What I didn't know going into it, which you wouldn't have known to tell me, but it's a, like a rotating uh, arc of writers. Yeah. So it's yep. created by Kirkman and I'm sure he oversees it. But like the first arc is written by Nick Spencer, who I've already brought up, is writing Ant-Man and Morning Glories. Uh, so I was hooked immediately because he's one of my favorite writers. So that was, yeah, that was think- cool. I think like the eighth issue, I think uh, James Asmuth yeah. takes over for that one. But but um, Sean Martin, what's his name? Uh, Martinborough, I think is his name. I think he, he's done the art from the get-go. And the art has a very cool, you know, new wave type look to it. Yeah, it's very different. It's awesome. And I wish they'd hurry up with the pilot because it did get picked up by AMC for a pilot. Of course. So. I think it's only been out two since uh, 2012. Yeah, to like I think October 2013 might have been when the first issue came out. But yeah, it's if you're into kind of I wouldn't say cop dramas, but just if you want a good strong character that you can just follow the crap in one's life, you know, <laughs> like there's <laughs> there's not much. I mean. Even though he has big scores, I don't think he ever really comes out on top because the stuff that he wants always gets sacrificed with who he is. But it's it's great. I highly recommend it. There you go, Tom. Is that going to make your list? I shall write it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I'm going to chime in since I've already talked about it twice. Morning Glories. Uh, it's a book that's been going on since 2010, I want to say. And we've... We've had the co-creator, Joe Eisma. He's been on the podcast before. You can go back and listen to that interview. Uh, actually, we're going to be giving away an autographed copy of Morning Glories by Joe Eisma coming up in the next couple of weeks. So something to look forward to. 
Uh, 42 issues has been out so far. They treat it like a TV show, so it's got seasons. So I think they're in their third. I want to say the third season. I could be wrong. It might be fourth season. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's a very confusing story. Think about uh, Lost. Uh, Nick Spencer actually describes it as Runaways meets Lost. So Runaways is a is a comic book. Uh, Joss Whedon actually wrote a couple issues of or a whole arc of. Uh, Runaways is the children of a supervillain society who find out their parents are supervillains and that some of them are mutants and aliens and have powers and stuff. So they then have to go on the offensive and they try to find people that can help them battle their their supervillain parents. But so this is Runaways meets Lost. So there's a lot of mystery. to It's basically about a school uh, called Morning Glory Academy. And the, the 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 these students are called the Glories, essentially. And there's something weird going on there, something very bizarre. There's a lot of time travel involved. There's a lot of science fiction involved, and there's just craziness. Uh, and yours truly has made a cameo in one of the issues. I'm sorry, I'm smiling as I say it because it's a dream come true. Woo-hoo! I was drawn into a comic book, and he didn't kill me, so I might make another appearance, according to Joe Isma. Isn't that your uh, Twitter avatar? Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's me playing Tower Ball. Yep. Please tell me what Tower Ball is. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some game they play at gym. I don't know, but it's awesome. Uh, but apparently I'm not good at it. In this picture, I'm getting beat by one of the main characters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it could have been worse. He's he's killed lots of people he's put in as cameos. Like I think Damon Lindelof has been in an issue and... Uh, the creator of Chu has been in an issue. He's big, big, big friends with him as well. Uh, Joe Eisman is awesome. If you're not following him on Twitter, it's at Super Joe, S-U-P-A Joe. He shows all the all the stuff he draws. He, he'll do commissions for people like he drew recently. Uh, 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 the two characters from Gotham Academy. And he's just a really cool artist. I like his style. And that's another thing that's good about this 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 book is the writing is great and the art is amazing i think personally i think the arts uh the artist the the cover artist is rodin escajo i'm totally butchering his name and i apologize because he's awesome and joe eisma does the inside artwork and he does some of the covers at sometimes too but uh it's a cool story it's 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 tough to get into i've done a couple of rereads it's a very rereadable book uh and I, i highly recommend picking up maybe the first trade or something and just digging in and like I say, you're going to get confused and you're going to miss some stuff. You might have to go back and reread some stuff, but it, it's awesome. I enjoyed it a lot and I look forward every month to a new issue. Nice. And I have to pick that one up. Like I keep, keep thinking like you've said it a couple of times. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get that, but I haven't yet. So <laughs> it's on my list. I'm adding it to my list right now. It shall make the list. 42 issues isn't that hard to catch up on. Yeah, it's not too bad. Especially if you get the trades. I think I have the first two trades. Okay. And the trades are what, like seven seven books in one? Uh, Yeah. Okay. It's usually each arc. Okie dokie. Uh... Um, volume one issues one through six. So, and I wasn't you know, thinking that that one had that many out. To be honest, I thought it was like still relatively new. But it's been out what two years or so? Two thousand ten. Oh wow! So almost five years. 
August. It'll be five years. Cool. Uh, and you can pick those trades up on Amazon.com. And if you do that, you should go to AtomicGeekdom.com first, click on our Amazon banner at the top of the page, and then buy some awesome Morning Glories trades that way. Uh, you'll you'll kick back a little money to us. You don't pay anything extra. You're getting some awesome books to read at a really good price. Amazon has really good prices on trades, uh, and and we get a little money for it, and that helps us bring you better better content, better merchandise, all kinds of great stuff, better quality, as you can hear from Jenny's amazing voice, <laughs> and what you'd hear from me and Tom if we weren't both sick at the same time. Indeed, and if my mouth wasn't full of phlegm, delicious, sexy phlegm. And the blim, mic blim, now, blim, you blim, won't blim. hear all me typing. <laughs> yeah, you can't hear anybody type except for me. Uh, nice. Even though With I have a super awesome system working for me, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, so go to Amazon.com through our website, AtomicGeekdom.com, on the banner right there. Buy some Morning Glories trades. Uh, I think there's two trades of Thief of Thieves out so far, so you can get those two as well. And probably a lot of trades about the books we're about to talk about, and I'll let Jenny take it away again. Um, I'm going to go with Outcast. I'm going to keep it on the Robert Kirkman kind of thing. Um, when it she, was advertised, like, probably a year before it came out, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. It's a Robert Kirkman about, like, possession. I'm like, this is going to be great. And then it took freaking forever to finally come out. It was like, it'll be out in October. It'll be out in January. It'll be out in March. Finally, like, June of last year, I think, is when it finally came out. But um, if you like kind of the darker stuff, more of like the exorcist or the omen type storylines, it's kind of along that lines. It's about a kid who gets possessed by demons and it has screwed up his life. So he's pretty much a miserable sap because of things he's done while being possessed. But he befriends a reverend and he starts going around with the reverend and kind of helping other people that get possessed um, and doing like exorcisms and things like that. So it's only six episodes or six issues out so far. Um, But the Kyle, I think his name's Kyle Barnes is the main kid in the story. He's got so many interesting layers. He's got the sister that wants to take care of him, the ex-wife that's terrified of him. Um, He's got a child he can't see. There's all these really cool tones about it where you feel really empathetic for the guy but there's a darkness, too. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with it. But they've started filming the pilot with um, Patrick Fugit right now, which I think is a perfect cast for it. If you look at the art and such, I think he's going to do really well. But I think it's on Cinemax. They're going to show it on Cinemax, and I think they picked it up for 12, uh, 12 episodes already. So there, you can do one or the other. But I would say pick up the thing. The artwork's really cool because it's not like your standard comic book art it's gonna quickly be ahead of the comic books too yeah well maybe i mean i have a feeling and i could be totally wrong with this but i have a feeling they have a lot under their belt already and they're just slowly releasing them the original story i heard and i don't know if this is a hundred percent true but they were originally wanting the tv show to come out one month after the comic book and have the comic book have part of the story, and then the show kind of pick up where the comic book left off, and then the next comic book pick up where the show left off. Um, But I have a feeling that that's next to impossible. I don't know if anybody could write that fast. 
especially if it's a weekly show. Unless, but yeah, unless the, it was like a digital comic, I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah, I, the concept though is great. And then the second thing I heard is where they'll go hand in hand, where you'll get some of the story in the comic, some of the story in the show, but they both will stand alone as well. So Cute. I have a feeling just with how Kirkman works with like The Walking Dead, that might be the direction they go where. It will be just like the comic book, but totally different. And then the comic book will kind of tweak to match the show. Sure. I know we'll the, the TV show Heroes tried to do that with like a second season where they had like a digital comic and they'd introduce new characters with a digital comic and then you'd see them on a TV show later. Or they'd expand on smaller characters in the digital mm-hmm. comic after you saw them on a TV show. But there's, there's lots of ways you can do that and make it more interactive. Yeah, I think it will work. I'm excited though. I mean, I... I probably haven't been paying it that close of attention, but I don't know if they have a release date. I just know that they're filming. It was probably, probably like August when Kirkman like tweeted a photo of just somebody's shoes in like a makeup chair. And it goes the first official photo from the set. <laughs> I was like, yay. It doesn't show me anything, but yay. <laughs> so they've got to be wrapping it up or being in post-production at this point. I think they've only like announced though, two of the, the stars that are going to be in it, but Patrick we'll see. Fug- Patrick Fugit and Philip Glenister. Yeah. He's playing uh, the Reverend, right? Yeah. And that's 10 episodes. That was close. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I mean, give or take an episode. I mean, they just, just started filming the pilot for Supergirl today. I saw that all over Twitter today. So mm-hmm. I imagine if they've been filming since probably fall, they got to be almost done. And I think the one thing we've learned here is Kirkman rules the world. He, well, the stuff he puts out, it, it, it hits a nerve. Like, it's dark, but it, you get engrossed in the characters. It's why I love Thief of Thieves. It's why I love Outcast. I, I'm invested in the characters so much that I want to I make sure they're okay the next time I read it and, or that they succeed in whatever they're trying to do. It, and, I mean, the artist that he has backing him is just... They're great. Um, when I, at the Comet Expo last weekend, I went to the image panel and they had a bunch of different writers and, and artists there. And it was really cool because the whole theme of the thing is what makes working for image the best is that if your comic fails, it's your fault. Like there's <laughs> nobody giving you feedback. It's up to you. You proofread, you choose the artist, you choose the color Everything about the comic is up to the creator, and they let you do it, which I think that's proof on why Kirkman's stuff goes out so well, is that he, it's him from start to finish, and you can see the parallels in each of his pieces that are just, I mean, even if you go to Invincible, I mean, there's still parallels with the style. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. Well, that was the whole idea behind Image, too, was that it was all creator-owned, and that's why uh, Todd McFarlane started it. Uh, no one mm. was going to publish Spawn the way it, well, he wanted it, uh, as graphic and violent and adult as it was for the time, even for now. Uh, yeah, so they, they were, well, they were believe, talking about... I believe you know, that's why we've... Honestly, believe that's why we've never seen a new Spawn movie, because I don't think anybody wants to touch it. Uh, it's, it's in the works. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean. It, it can't stay true to the, I mean, to the darkness of the comic. <clears throat> we'll see, and not, and not have and not have a child rating. You know what I mean? It's got to be an adult rating for a true Spawn movie. Sorry, should chime in on that because I'm a big fan. <laughs> I did read, 
I used to, I did used to respond. So totally agree, though. But I mean, there's truth to that image. You can put out a sex book. You can put out a book about suicide. Well, you can put anything you want out on image, and they'll if it's a good story, they'll produce it. And that's let's talk about that for a second because uh, another book we can talk about is Sex Criminals, which <laughs> last week got announced that they're getting a TV deal. A TV deal, right? Not a cable. <laughs> uh, let me pull it up. Uh, I was going to uh, say I, Universal back. TV. Interesting. So that could be CBS, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> Just, I don't see that happening. But okay, Sex Criminals is a book about, and I've read it. Uh, it's an interesting story. It, it, it's it's not for kids, of course. Uh, there's <laughs> ten issues. Not. Basically, it's about this woman. It starts off about this woman who discovers that when she has an orgasm, time freezes. Um, and then she meets somebody, uh, Susie and John. They're uh, they're a couple now. They discover that they both can do it. And when they do, when they have sex together and they both orgasm, they start robbing banks. Uh, and then we find out that there's this sort of cop agency that kind of governs over these people. Like I say, it's only 10 issues in, so not a, I, I might be a little behind too. I haven't read every issue, but it, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it is dark and it's very psychological because there's something seriously wrong with it, with the dude, John, like there's something wrong with that dude. Um, but again, it's a very sexual book and this is being, uh, this week it was announced as being adapted to a TV show. Uh, for Universal TV, I'll I'll look it up, uh, the story in a second. But yeah, that's Sex Criminals. I think that's on Image. Yeah, Image. Yeah, created by uh, Matt Fraction. And they uh, they get away with anything. Like <laughs> I don't know though how that's going to go on like a regular television. That's more of a Cinemax show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cinemax after dark. Exactly. <laughs> well. Going going back to Outcast though, that is why I am excited that instead of AMC, that Cinemax did pick pick that up because you can you he can get away with anything on it. You know, it's it's cable show. If he wants sex, if he wants violence, he can do it. Where they have to kind of restrain a bit with like AMC and other you know just cable com- you know. But we'll see. I think it will be good. But I'm. Yeah, let me know which channel picks up sex criminals because that's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm reading. I'm reading it right now. It's saying not even cable networks like FX will be able to do it properly. It's something that might need to go to someone like HBO or Showtime. Right. It's a two year deal at Universal TV, um, and the, the creator is Matt Fraction and his wife Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh and they kind of look like the people that are in the book. I'm just saying. Um, uh, I didn't know that it was Image's uh, best comic of the year. Actually, it was the comic of the year in 2013 by Time Magazine. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had. There was a lot of good stuff come out that year too. Right, right. Weird. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine this. Maybe FX, uh, but there's. I think there's just. I don't. <laughs> it's tough to say. <laughs> uh, I can't see it being on network television for sure. Oh, no, not at all. Especially if they have to prove that they're having the orgasm in order to rob the bank. That would be a little difficult. Uh, Unless they go just, like, do something really artistic and it's just sound effects with, like, 
weird flashes as they're robbing the bank, but it could be like just you heighten the brightness of the the image, you know, and make it like real real light. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when you're in uh orgasm time. <laughs> there's bullet time and now there's orgasm time. I don't know. The oh, show man. is getting weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's sex criminals. <laughs> that's how it is for me. I'm just saying. I mean re- in real life. Uh, uh too much information, Tom. Oh, Tom. <laughs> they call that I don't TMI. Even- I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> high five, Tom. High five. There it is. High five. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> oh. I didn't say it happens much. I'm just saying when it happens. <laughs> okay. Um, getting away from sex criminals. Um, awesome. Have you uh, have you read Velvet? It's also on Image. I have not. I have a feeling a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about is Image or Dark Horse. Yeah. I'm, I'm, most of my collection has been Image. Um, I don't do much of the Marvel DC. Actually, I do none of the Marvel DC, but I do have some some Dark Horse and some Vertigo. Well, Vertigo's DC. Is it? Yeah. Yes. A branch of it? Fa- okay. Fables is under Vertigo, and that's DC. Yeah, because they do um, Stray Bullets. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I've seen advertisements in DC books for Stray Bullets. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Velvet, though, the, the best line I saw on Velvet was... Um, Somebody reviewed it and said, it's if James Bond was a secretary. And that's kind of what it is. It's about like a secret agent chick who one of the other agents gets murdered and she's trying to figure out who's killing them. But she is gnarly. She's so cool. But And it all takes place um, in probably like the late 60s, early 70s. So it has a very cool, like nostalgic feeling. Is that... Uh, Brubaker? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's, it's really cool. Like everyone you, you've got, you learn a little bit more about the past, but the past goes back to like the cold war and they're, they're jumping into like, you know, they're going against this, uh, the Russians and then they're in, you know, they go all over the place. It's so cool. They jumped into every country pretty much. And it's very spy oriented. But she is so cool. She's one of, like, my favorite women in comic books, just for the fact that nobody better mess with her. She's pretty awesome. She's got the the rogue white stripe going. Yep. Yeah, and she's a little older. She's not, you know, like, most... My perception of, like, women in comic books is usually, like, the 20-something, super hot, I'm going to beat you up girl. (laughs) Right. This She's, like, in her mid-40s, and she's going to beat you up. (laughs) <laughs> the cover of issue two, she kind of looks like the main character from uh, uh, Orphan Black. Oh, yeah? A little bit. I got to get into that show. You do. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get you hooked on it when we do our Orphan Black preview or the time travel. Oh, no, not time travel. Orphan Black is clones. Clones. I was thinking of Continuum. She, Man, does, have a, she does have a rogue thing going on there. Yeah. She's awesome. I, I recommend that too. Like if you don't want, like if you want something more realistic, you know, it's, it's not, there's nothing really sci-fi or supernatural or anything like that with the story. It's just about a spy. Okay. I'm going to recommend a couple here real quick because I've, I've talked about them on the shows before. Uh, Alex and Ada, and that's a story about uh, robots pretty much where this guy goes through a breakup and his grandmother orders him a, a a girlfriend robot essentially and they're wired to not have any 
they can't make decisions. They have no choice. Um, but he doesn't like that. And he finds a way to get around that. And now this, this robot has choice and can make its own mind up. And they decide to be together. Like he wasn't going to have a relationship with this robot. And then it just kind of happened because now she has free will and she chose to be with him. Whereas otherwise she had just purchased to be his slave essentially. Um, but yeah, it's getting good. Like there's the, the people know now that these people are able to take this chip out or, you know, hack it in a way. Uh, and so the government's getting involved and they're, they're under suspicion and stuff. It's a good book. It's different. Again, it's not, it's not your superhero book, but it's very sci-fi and, and cool, uh, take on kind of like the iRobot type stuff. Uh, the Wicked and the Vine is another book I'm into that I'm kind of, you know, iffy about. I still read it every week, but uh, that's I just bo- um I just picked. They had at the Comic Expo. I picked up the first seven. Oh, cool. Um, but I haven't read them yet, so oh. I'm I'm interested to hear your view on it because I've heard good things. Uh, basically, it's a world where the these gods come back to life every so often. Uh, they they kind of possess people. And then they find out that they're gods and then they become these gods. And uh, this, this time around, they're all celebrities and rock stars and pop stars and stuff like that. So, uh, and they're, 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 they're basic, you know, like Egyptian gods and stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember their names at this point, but it kind of starts off with, I think Lucifer is this woman and she's on trial for, for murder essentially. Uh, and then she gets killed. And then you have this like Uber fan of these gods who's kind of stalking them, but not really. She's obsessed with them, and now she kind of has powers. I don't want to give too much away. But it's it's really interesting, and it's very different, and it's it's kind of a, a dark take on, uh, or a different take on, you know, uh, ideology and, and spirituality and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. I know that's Alex and Ada and the Wicked and Divine are one of those books that you can get from Image, the first issue for a dollar. Uh, I know my comic store had both of them for a buck, and I think you can still pop, find them for a dollar. Nice. And then the other one, the I art's to talk- really cool though. I mean, even the cover art, like everyone has like a different face on it, and it's kind of very David Bowie-ish. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's very punk and uh, a lot of makeup on their faces. Uh, and then the last one is Hack and Slash or Hack Slash, and that's not—they don't make them anymore. Or they don't. He's not making new ones. Uh, there's there's kind of spinoffs right now with Hack and Slash, but basically it's about this girl who is and, and in the loosest sense it's kind of like Buffy, but this 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 little girl uh, gets taken by a serial killer or you know like a slasher from a slasher film, like your Freddies and your Jasons and your stuff like that. She gets kidnapped by one, and it's the lunch lady, and she kind of grows up to become this hunter of slashers. Uh, it's very cool. Again, it's very adult. Um, she's kind of, uh, scantily clad, I should say. Uh, (laughs) That's probably the, the, the the easiest way of saying it. Uh, and it's, uh, deals with a lot of really, really cool, like serial killer type stuff. They do some stuff with the reanimator series. They kind of cross over with that. Uh, they did a crossover with Ash from, uh, evil dead. So, a lot of good stuff to go back and read, and now she's doing a crossover with, I think, uh, Nailbiter, I think is the series. Oh, that's a good series. Yeah. I, I haven't read all of them. I read, like, the first three issues. I think they're up to, like, eight or nine now, but yeah, it's got just, potential. They just did the crossover number one with Hack and Slash and Nailbiter. It came out today. So, 
Act of Slash, if you're into like horror movies and slashers, it's it's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, do you want to keep to dark stuff? And uh, I think it's Kyle that I wish was here, but <laughs> for what priest preacher preacher yeah. yeah preacher's another one of those that it's if they do do a TV show, I have a feeling it could blow up as big as like The Walking Dead if they do it right. Um, very supernatural. It's basically kind of about good and bad and trying to find God, but it's something like Genesis is like the, I don't know if you want to call him a saint or what, but he's kind of the creature that kind of takes over (laughs) Jesse in the book. And, um, a whole congregation is wiped out because I don't, it's weird to explain. Like there's, it's very, I'm going to do a horrible job of explaining this, but it's very white trash. It's incredibly white trash, but it's just sort of a travel across the country. Um, I think Kyle was the one that said Tulip would have been a great, like uh, Anna Paquin. And I can't see anything other than that, but I hear they casted somebody already for her, but it's got, you know, like vampires, all that stuff. Like it's going to be awesome if they do it right. That book though, I think, think there's like 70 or 80 issues but you can buy the the sets um it's a good if you like horror movies or if you like just weird stuff weird dark stuff definitely recommend picking that one up uh it would be cool but it's not something that i don't think they do but wouldn't it be great if comic books were available via audiobook jenny they would um and well i'm not even a better lead-in if you like The Walking Dead, you can get the standalone novels on audiobook if you go to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Um, they've got tons of books you can download. I have had a membership for like two years now, and my audiobook collection is out the door like insane. Highly recommend it. You can test them, read what it's about hear what it's about because it sucks if you find a book that has a really bad actor reading it because it will put you to sleep. Most of the stuff I found on there, super good. So go there, go to audibletrial.com backslash Atomic Geekdom. Click on that, sign up for the trial, and you'll be helping the site. How was that segue, Tom? That was crisp. (laughs) A clean transition? (laughs) I would say yes. (laughs) You're getting better. You're get, you're rocking I don't think, it. I don't know that. I don't think JD has anything to worry about. But it was Ooh. no JD. JD owns that commercial. JD JD killed it. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> he's JD's done it a couple times. Good. It's his it's his spot to do. But because when you're on the show and you hear it, and JD just pops off, you just hear kind of a light in his voice, like ah. He's all about <laughs> it. He loves it. He's the pitch man. Uh, yeah, I just finished uh, The Martian on audiobook from Audible. That's a great audio. The actor on that does a great job. Uh, yes, yes. And I highly I've... recommend reading or listening to that book or, you know, if you order the book through Amazon or get the audiobook through audibletrial.com slash Geekdom, you should do that rather quickly because we're going to be talking about it on a podcast coming up very soon. <laughs> yes. Um, with that being said, though, I got, um, on Audible, I got the uh, Road to Woodbury, The Rise of the Governor, and The Fall of the Governor, The Walking Dead. It's kind of, it's the story of Lily, 
the the governor's like I don't know soldier and how she gets to Woodbury in the first place is the first book and then there's two books for the rise and fall of the governor and it's everything that happens to Rick and his crew but through the governor's eyes so you get the backstory on the governor and like the whole Michonne you know like everything but from the other eye the audiobooks are great I've i I have the novels too, and I read the first novel, but then I wanted to reread it because I was like, wait a minute, was this the same girl that shot Lori and all this stuff? So I went back and I listened to it. Great audiobooks. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> and you can get that audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Atomic You betcha. All right. <laughs> um, I'll chime in with one more book, uh, and it's it's a, another sci-fi book, and it's doing very well. Uh, Saga is is a book everybody should read, including you, Tom. You could look at the pretty, pretty mm-hmm. pictures. The artwork is amazing. Okay, sell me on this. So I bought the first trade, um, okay. but I haven't found time to actually read it. And I I like the dark stuff, but when you've got just a guy with horns – on the front with like a girl holding a baby that looks kind of like doughish. It looks a little too Dungeons and Dragonish for me, so I haven't like been excited to jump in. So can you tell me a little bit more of why I should read it? It's crazy weird. Let's just say that this this world that they've they've come up with is insane. Uh, basically, these this couple that's together shouldn't be together. They're pretty much one was sent to kill the other type of thing. Uh, they're they're a warring family or species or government type thing. I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I read the first trade and I'm, I'm a little behind on saga right now, but I love it. Uh, and so these two have, it's kind of the, the narrator is the baby uh, grown up obviously. And so she's talking about her parents and her grandparents and, and things like that. Uh, what I don't understand is how she could tell the other side of the story from this guy that's trying to track him down like a bounty hunter. She obviously is not there for that, but <laughs> Uh, other scenes you can tell she's narrating and, and it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, again, it's an adult book. Um, it's just the 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 worlds that this guy creates, like them trying to get get away, and they're they're pretty much on the run for the most well, most of what I've read so far is they're on the run. They're being tricked uh, tracked down by, I think the woman is like a warrior, and the the male is not or he was supposed to be, or he's, she's, she's like this fierce warrior. And, uh, he was in prison, I think. And she would, he would feed her books to read and it would kind of like think of her as kind of like Spock, but not, not that hardcore where there's no emotions. And I bring that up with good reason. Cause we lost Leonard Nimoy this past week. And, so sad. Uh, mm. very, very sad for the atomic kingdom offices, especially Jason, Wrote a cool fan article. If you go to the website, check that out. Just where he kind of remembers Star Trek and and Leonard Nimoy for the first time, and uh, kind of went off on a tangent there, but an important tangent as Leonard Nimoy passed away this past week. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably describing it very poorly, and Saga fans are probably ready to to strangle me. Uh, I'm not doing it justice. It's an amazing book that should be read, and it's done by the guy that did Why the Last Man. Uh, so if you like that series, you're going to love Saga. Well done, Dave. <laughs> well done. Oh, real quick. Um, are you caught up on witches? Uh, I'm one issue behind. Ooh, you got to get that last issue. A lot of stuff happened. <laughs> I have it. I just haven't. It's in my stack. 
it's hard to get through a stack. I still have, I haven't went, went through my last ghosted, um, my last crowl, my last strain. They're all still waiting to be read, but I got through witches. Cause that one may be my, well, next to the ones I've already established, like outcast and thief of thieves, Witches is the one I go to fast. So thank you, Dave, for recommending it. Witches. Yeah. It's so uh, good. That's done by Scott Snyder, who also writes Batman for DC. Which kind of makes sense because it kind of has that kind of dark feel to it. But. <laughs> yeah, and if you're reading Batman right now, he's doing an amazing Joker storyline that's going to change everything. So there's my plug for Batman. <laughs> you hardcore fan, you. <laughs> and the artwork oh. in Witches is insane. Yeah, well, the characters are great too, like Charlie, the dad. Yeah. Um, I can't figure him out because he's he's been attacked now. He's got the the bite or the spray where he thinks mm-hmm. he's just hallucinating. But um, Sailor is interesting too because they keep going back to the event that happened at her last school. Right. Uh, but the they basic- haven't actually resolved. Like I don't actually know what's going on, but I'm okay with not knowing what's going on because every time I turn the page, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Why'd you say the plot, the basic plot? Um, basic plot is, is you can pledge a loved one in order to get something. So you can go, I pledge my firstborn if you will make me a millionaire, famous rock star. And these witches will make you a millionaire, famous rock star, but they will take your firstborn. Um, so it's about a girl who's been pledged, but the family, I don't, I, to my understanding, I don't think the family understands that she's pledged. Um, um, wasn't it the case of the father was dying or something? Something. Or, or is it because of the paralyzed mother? Uh, that might've been it, but like, they were, like, they were told like they would said, never have kids. And they have a kid, but the kids pledged. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, like I'm, I'm having a little hard of a time, like following exactly the origins of stuff. But with that being said, I'm still okay with it. Because it's, it's weird, too, because it doesn't stay on a straight plane. Like, it right. bounces. It goes three, three years in the past to present day to a year in the past to present day to are they dreaming that it's three years in the past? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's really cool, though. And the, like you said, the artwork is, it's so, like, all the tones are, there's nothing warm about this book. Like there's right. no bright colors or anything like that. Every page is kind of blues and grays and maybe a spot of red, but. And it's, it looks all like real, like painted. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. The artist is named Jock, just Jock. Um, like Jock or so. And uh, yeah, don't go by what I said about the pledging. I think I'm way off on that. I think I'm confusing it with a different story. <laughs> no, you might be, you might be, might be right because I haven't figured out like exactly how she got pledged. I just know sailors pledged. Listen, listen to this. Snyder came up with the idea for witches after recalling a childhood experience where he and a friend made up stories about a family of Satanists living in a nearby Pennsylvania forest that were con- uh, constantly trying to capture the two boys. <laughs> you want you want to know what's so funny is um. My boyfriend's reading it, and he goes, whoever writes this, I don't know if I ever want to be in the same room with him. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Snyder's awesome. He's got, I think, two kids he's always tweeting about. Like, uh, He's just awesome. 
Plus, the at the end of each uh, each issue, he has usually like two or three pages of just him talking. You know, just yeah. telling the story or how he came up with it or when his son figured out this or it's it the last the last pages are always a good read too. Yeah, and if it's any indication, uh, Tom, on how good this book is, uh, very shortly after the first issue came out, they announced they're doing a film. They're going to turn amazing. into a movie produced by Brad Pitt. Mm. Interesting. And I didn't both, know that. Both Snyder and Jack would be executive producers, so they'd be involved in the movie as well. Okay, I... I think oh, four ahead. four issues out so far. Yeah, fourth one just came out on the third, I think. Yeah. So witches, yes. Um, I know none of you guys are reading this because it just came out today, but the one I'm most excited about, and I've got to go pick it up, is um, uh, what's it called? It's a uh, Dustin. New- uh, I hate pronouncing like last names. Nguyen, Nugen. Um. He does a lot of stuff with like Batman and things like that, but his art is always super cool. Um, it's called Descender. Have you guys seen anything on it? I can't say that. It's um, you guys got to look it up. It's um, quote unquote a space opera. Um, it just looks really cool, really really cool. It all takes place in space. It's like it revolves around this little kid. Um. I, I, I'll tell you more once I actually read it, but just looking at the art, I'm excited for it. The first cover too is super cool. The kid kind of looks like, you know, he's got like a big jacket on and pants and like moon boots, but then his face is kind of almost robotic looking and he's standing in like the profile of a moon. It's really cool. So, and then the other one that I'm excited about, cause I just got the first issue is punks, the comic, just because it's totally out of left field when it comes to comic books. They take like um, Nixon and Abraham Lincoln, but put them on like dog bodies. But it's actually like, like, you know how like an old punk ads, they cut out the, like a cut out like a face and then tape it to something else. Sure. The entire comic book is set up like that. (laughs) And the storylines are pretty interesting. So that's the other one I'm excited for. Nice. Uh, I think we're going to put a pin in this for now. Uh, we can always revisit this topic because there's so much to talk about. Um, let me think here. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we hit on just a few of the big books that we wanted to talk about that are non-superhero but are making big, big waves in modern comics right now. If we missed any of your favorites, you can hit us up at Atomic, at Atomic Geekdom. Jenny, you are at... Robbie Art. Tom is at skids underscore world. Uh, while I talk, Jenny can do a Tom Twitter update. Oh, um, he's standing strong with 13 tweets or four tweets, 13 followers. There it is. Same as last I keep week. It, I keep it real, yo. Keep it and real. he's still I, the green egg. I tell you what, if Tom can hit 20 followers by our next episode, uh, I'll announce the, the giveaway for the morning glories. That's autographed by Joe Isma. So if you guys can, if we get seven, what, uh, what, 16 followers? No, that was tweets. Uh, seven more followers. Uh, I'll, I'll announce that giveaway. <laughs> uh, All right, you guys, let's rally the troops. Right. And Tom, you got to tweet at least something. 
<laughs> oh, there's just, that was Tom's Krusty the Clown impersonation. Um, okay. Tom, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, you can find the rest of the Atomic Geekdom crew. Jason is at Jason Barwick. Kyle is at KWG311. JD is at J Freakin D. TJ is at S R O U F E Y. Uh, again, if you want to start sending us your paranormal stories, theatomicgeekdom at gmail.com is a good place to do that. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Google+, Stitcher. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can help us out by making a donation through patreon.com slash atomicgeekdom. Uh, you get stuff out of that donation. It's not just giving us money for nothing. You get a free digital comic if you donate 5 bucks. $15 gets you a free digital graphic novel. And 20 bucks gets you a free t-shirt. Um, and we still have t-shirts available on the website. If you want to help us out that way, you can buy a t-shirt on the website. Uh, guys, I think that's it. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we go, Tom? Nope. I think that's it. Jenny? Tweet me some good, like, comedian type comic books. Cause all my comic books are dark and I really want something funny. I'm putting you guys some homework. <laughs> there you go. And you can tweet her again at... Robbie R R O B I A R T. Awesome. All right. That's our show this week. And in honor of AJ Lee returning to the WWE this week, Tom's known knows where I'm going with this. I'm gonna tell you all to stay weird. And we'll talk to you next week.